from days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. Star Joe's Podcast, episode 180, a Star Joe's Christmas special. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm John. And welcome back, everyone. Uh, yeah, we figured, you know what? Uh, we've done plenty of, uh, I guess they're commentaries on Christmas specials <laughs> uh, in the past, so why not just go ahead and do uh, a special episode that we, where we just talk about Christmas specials? <laughs> Uh, we were hoping to have uh, Robert and Shannon on and everything else, but they're busy doing who knows what. Um, Robert said his neighbor didn't pay the like, the uh, cable bill or the Wi-Fi bill, so but he he may join us later. I don't know. We might also get a visit from Uncle Teabag, uh, but we'll see how things are going. But you know, in the end, we don't need them. John and I, you and I can handle. We can we can keep this uh, ship running run its running its course. So. Um, how you been? How have things been going for you? I've been doing well, doing well. We uh, eagerly anticipating Christmas, and uh, uh, fortunately, we'll not get to uh, see you. I know we're both going to be in yeah. Florida, yeah, uh, for different reasons. But yes. uh, heading heading down that way next week, and uh, yeah, you know, just uh, kind of muddling through until the uh, end of the month. I uh, I did I did get to announce today on facebook that uh i am in a, a new comic strip which is yes. super cool yes. uh my good friend uh jeff vaughn jc vaughn as he goes by uh and a lot of his print stuff uh does a, a strip for a uk website and uh he made me the captain and uh brett Carreras, who is the uh owner and uh proprietor for the virginia con and he made him the uh the major and we are pilots on a ship trying to escape Earth's destruction. So that yeah. was really really cool. And the uh, image looked really awesome too. So yeah, it was the uh, the frame of brothers uh, are doing the art, have the art duties on that. So cool. yeah, I, I 
as I told Shannon when I saw him just lately, it's uh, always fun to uh, to see to see yourself, especially when they make me a little more svelte. That was <laughs> but no, that was that was super fun. I got, I found that out today, so that's I, I will be sure to share that on the Star Joe's page as well because that was that was pretty cool. Absolutely, that yeah, that was, yeah, please do because that was fantastic. Um, so yeah, actually, I wanted to mention real quick because it won't matter by the time this comes out because I'll already either be in the middle of it or back from it, but. Uh, yeah, I'm going down to Florida, and you guys heard when I had the surprise for my wife Well, uh, from Baltimore Con. Well, this time I have a surprise for my parents. Uh, my sister is going down to Florida to visit them for a few days. She's going down from like a Saturday or from a Friday to a Tuesday deal, and she rented a condo little in Siesta Key, Florida, and... Uh, she contacted me and said, "Hey, found out the condo has three bedrooms. Would you and uh, you know, uh, would you want to come down?" And I was like, "And my wife couldn't come down. She didn't have vacation time, but I had a couple days to spare. So I was like, well, would you care if I went down to Florida?' And you know, of course, she was jealous, but she was like, "Yeah, go spend some time with your family." So my sister and I actually planned it out, and we did, are not telling my parents that I'm coming down. So my parents know that they're going to see my sister, but they don't know that they're going to see me. Um, so I'm flying down on a Saturday. My sister's going to be there on a Friday. And we're, we've arranged this whole thing where she has a friend that lives down there, and she's going to tell my parents that while she's down there that uh, she's going to meet up with her friend for lunch, and my parents are going to go along with her, and really it's going to be me at, at lunch. I'm going to let her know where I'm having lunch at and everything else. So uh, so my parents are going to absolutely freak out because I just talked with them the other day, and they were like, uh, my mom actually said, she's like, oh, I wish I could see both my kids for Christmas. And I was like, yeah, Mom, I know. Oh. I, I, I wish I had the vacation time. You know, I just don't have it this year. She goes, no, I know, I understand, and everything else. So, yeah, she's going to totally be bawling her eyes out when she sees that both of us are going to be there so um so i'm very excited for that but uh and plus it doesn't hurt to get down to florida when it's uh starting to snow up here so <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely um, yeah so um and then i have uh i don't know what family things you have going on john but i have uh it after right after christmas is when my wife's whole family comes into town and she has two sisters and a brother, and they have kids, and there's, so there's 11 nieces and nephews that are going to converge on my in-law's house for, like, almost a week. So we we go over there, but we're also, and we have a blast with them, but we're also grateful that we live in the area so we can go back to our house for some peace and quiet every once in a while. <laughs> sure. But uh, but it is awesome to see all of them, uh, and, and we have a lot of fun when they're they're in town as well so and with and they do that every year so it, it is a lot of fun um you, do you have anything special planned with the family and everything else or yeah so we uh we do thanksgiving here in, in richmond with uh my wife's family and then at christmas we tend to go to louisville and hang out for a little bit there with my folks and my sister and her family come in from chicago so that's always fun and my nephew is six and uh is all about Star Wars, and so I have a feeling that nice. uh, if we haven't seen Rogue One yet, we will probably see it again with him. Yeah, and you know maybe maybe make a you know a, a Thurman Gentleman's afternoon of it, and and go out and very cool. you know, do everything well, and I'll watch everybody else eat hamburgers on, but you know I'll have, <laughs> I'll have a pork chop, but but no we uh, hey pork you know, chops we'll are not bad; those aren't too shabby either. Yeah, they're not, <laughs> they're not, but uh, no we'll we'll. You know, like I said, we'll spend time there, and uh, 
with with all of our family and uh, go to local comic shops and do what we usually do. So yeah, it's, it'll be it. Like I said, we're all excited and eager to get to uh, kind of trudging away till we get there. Very so. cool. Very cool. Well, and, and speaking of Rogue One, um, uh, also I, I well we talked right before the episode. I'm going to go see it, and this episode should be out before the movie comes out. Um, but I'm going to go see it the Thursday night, earliest showing I could see it was seven o'clock. Um, seeing it IMAX 3D, so I'm I'm getting there right away. I do expect that that evening I will be. I'm hoping that I will be so pumped that I will want to record a video review of it. So normally I won't do a do movie reviews, but obviously things related to the show. If I go and see it, I'm. I'll do a video review, so I will try to do a fast video review and actually get it out there at least maybe a day or so from recording it, uh, so this way people can kind of see what my initial thoughts are. There might also be a podcast. Uh, I'm trying to arrange some stuff to do a podcast movie review of the, of it after it comes out, so we'll see how that goes. Um but, uh, yeah, I'm very excited for the movie coming out, and much like you're saying with the family, I have a, I have a feeling that when my in-laws come into town that uh, Uncle Ryan might be taking some of the nieces and nephews out to go see Rogue One because they'll, they'll know that I'm more than happy to go see it again. Uh, so, uh, at least I hope I'll be more than happy to we, go see yes, it again. We, 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 we are cautiously optimistic <laughs> that's yes. the case. Yes. Um, but yeah, so uh, so I'm super stoked for that. Uh, speaking of movies, though, uh, you and I have had the opportunity to see some movies recently that we haven't really had a chance to talk about on the show. There, you know, just some of the other shows just went long, and we were like, okay, well, we'll talk about it next time. We'll talk about it next time. So, uh, so here we are at next time. Uh, so, um, the movies that we both saw were uh, recent. That, fairly recently, uh, were the new Ghostbusters movie and the X-Men Apocalypse. And I don't know, John, if you have a preference on which one you want to dive into a little bit first or let's talk, uh, let's talk Ghostbusters because I have to say, you know, we, when we did our, uh, best of 84, I know we talked about it then and, and, uh, weren't quite sure what to expect based on that first trailer, which I don't think necessarily sold it, uh, very well. I, I thought it was okay. It yeah. was uh, it was a rental. I'm glad I didn't pay, you know, ten bucks a ticket to see in the theater. It was fine. Yeah. It was it was it was nice to see the original cast uh, show up. It was yeah. kind of fun to see where they were. But you know, quite honestly, you could have called it something else and not used the Ghostbusters logos or vehicles or jet or you know packs. Just do something funny with those four ladies. Yeah. Uh, that are funny, and Kate McKinnon stole the damn movie as far oh as I was God, concerned. Yeah. Every, every scene she was in, she just she just ate it up. Yeah. So again, it was it was disappointing from the standpoint that it was uh, it just kind of it just kind of was there. It wasn't yeah. like I said, it wasn't it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. And right. you know, I know people were, I think people got you know what's the term butt hurt you know before yeah. the thing ever started with oh it's women well, that wasn't my issue my issue was what okay what what are they going to do right how do you make it different what do you do to make it entertaining and again it was fine yeah it was you know it, 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 <laughs> if you haven't seen it and you like and you like the originals go rent it yeah it, it's a it's a fun it's a good 90 minute it's a good minute 90 minutes waste of your time yes it wasn't it wasn't horrible 
but it's not rewriting the book, and, and it didn't make enough money to warrant a sequel, and that's yeah. that's okay. Yeah. That's, that, but that's evident based on what we got. Well, so. and, and much like your first reaction to me when we talked about it was you were like, well, it didn't suck, <laughs> and that's kind of how I felt about it. It was like, like you said, it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. Um, I probably, and I think actually maybe the 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 how much people were bashing it helped me in, to enjoy it more. You know, because I went in with really low expectations. Um, much like you said, I had no problem when they were they announced the female cast and everything else. I didn't start being fearful of the movie until I saw the trailers, and then I was like, "This doesn't look very good to me." <laughs> um, right. So, and it had nothing to do with it being a female cast. It had everything to do with, yeah, this just doesn't look good. Um, there, was, it didn't seem to have the Ghostbusters humor, and and I will say. To a certain extent, that's still true when you see it. Uh, there's certain things that happen in the movie that I'm just like, that's more slapstick comedy and more like contemporary comedy than I consider it Ghostbusters comedy. But there are certain scenes that I thought were very Ghostbusters. In fact, the very opening scene I thought was very Ghostbusters uh, of the the tour guide and everything else, like. I thought that was fantastic. I thought the, uh, uh, what's her name, uh, is it Leslie Jones? Yes. Um, when she walked down the, uh, the subway tunnel and saw the, uh, saw the ghost there, I thought that was a very Ghostbusters moment of her reaction and everything else. Um, you're totally right, Kate McKinnon completely stole the show. She's exactly the character I thought I was going to see, which was basically a cross between Venkman and Egon. <laughs> um, the uh, I thought uh, Chris Hemsworth was hilarious. Um, he was very, very funny. Right. Yes, he was. Um, now, my one complaint, and I knew this going into the movie, uh, I, and I was okay with this being true for Chris Hemsworth, but I had a problem with this being true for all the other male characters, was all the other male characters were complete idiots in the movie. And I thought that was honestly a disservice to the female actresses because it's like you don't have you you don't have to make all the male characters morons to make the female characters seem smart and in charge. Um, like I thought the FBI agents, I think they were, uh, I thought they were a bunch of bumbling buffoons, and I'm like, that's not really like. When you watch the original Ghostbusters movie, none of those guys like those guys were buffoons, but they were buffoons that you could see in real in the real world. Those FBI agents they showed is not how FBI agents behave in the real world. Um, so I think you could have had people that were very smart and very direct, and but didn't really know what they were dealing with. And I think that would have actually helped the female cast more than making every male character a moron. Now, that being said, Chris Hemsworth's character being a moron totally worked for the character they were trying to create there. Um, I thought that was awesome to see him <laughs> acting the way he was. In fact, my favorite thing was when they asked him to answer the phone and he pointed out that the phone was in the fish tank and they're like, no, no, the phone that's on your desk. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's pretty funny. I did see, and I think when you and I talked, um, you may have saw the same one because I saw it on, on a Blu-ray or DVD. Um, I saw the extended cut, which I heard the theatrical cut uh, is is a little bit more jumpy. Like there, it seems like there's a lot more, uh, too much more editing going on. So I'm actually glad I saw the extended cut because it seemed to flow a lot pretty well for me. Uh, and from my understanding, the director he's one of these guys that uh, will does very much like a John Hughes thing where he just he records like four to five hours of movie and then he goes in the editing room and decides what's going to actually make it into the movie. So. 
So it's interesting. I didn't realize there was. I, I got it at Redbox, so I'm assuming it was the theatrical cut. Yeah. I, I don't. I didn't know. I didn't realize there was another one even out there. Yeah. I, interesting. Yeah, and and there's certain scenes you could tell were probably kind of put back in there. The the one character I will say that I thought they could have just done without completely was um was a Kristen Wiig's boyfriend character. Um, he appeared at the very beginning of the movie, and he appeared yes. one other spot, and then that was it. And it like right. it was kind of a waste of a character. Like I thought they could have just done without him completely, but um, but like, like you said, it was fun and like the the it ga- was fun and the gadgets and that was- they had and everything else were really cool. Um, yeah, like the gun, the pistols that Kate McKinnon's character. Uh, got that popped out. She she like she forgot that she had these new pistols and she pulls them out and that's the scene where you see where she like licks them and then she starts shooting everything. I was I thought yeah. that was fun. I, I thought the tag was good too. Yes, this the, the extra credit tag was was really funny. Yeah. Well, yeah. too bad it's not going to go anywhere. But yeah, that yeah, was... yeah, <laughs> At, yeah. After the yeah the uh, all of the after credit stuff and the cameos were fun. Um, I do yes they were. I do wish obviously that they were playing the original characters, but like Annie Potts is in it, um, and she plays probably the ca- plays a character that's probably the closest to who what her actual character was in the Ghostbusters movie. <laughs> um, and uh, my personal favorite was Dan Aykroyd's cameo. Uh, he he, just because he says a lot of lines that um and and the the role he's playing you it's like it just seemed perfect uh, for him. Uh, Bill Murray, you see way more than you expected. At least I expected to. I he was in the movie a lot yeah, more. Absolutely no, I, I agree. He he yes was much more pivotal than than I would have expected yeah. to. When they showed him initially. Because that I don't think this spoils anything, but initially they show him on TV, and I thought that was kind of brilliant because in Ghostbusters two he was a TV you know supernatural he had a supernatural TV show, and right. so I thought that was brilliant to have him on the TV. Um, but then they I thought that was going to be it, and you do end up seeing more of him uh, later. So. Uh, so I, I was really pleasantly surprised at how much you saw of Bill Murray. So, um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I don't like you said it's it's not great, but it's not horrible either. So it's just if you it's it's worth the the couple bucks to go and rent it. And uh, I would not say it's worth going out yeah. and buying, but it's worth renting it. So right, or when it shows up on Netflix in six months, yeah. if you haven't seen it, yeah, or if it's on HBO or whatever cable you have. Like I said, it's ninety minutes. It's you'll get a few laughs. You, like you said, the cameos were all really well done. Yeah, it 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 was it was to your point. It it was. I think so many people had built it up to be really really poor. And it wasn't, but again, I don't have the love that you do right. for for the franchise. But I was like, well, I'll give it a shot. And, yeah. and again, I, I I I had a few chuckles, and and it was it was fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I I had a few laugh out loud moments, and I was like, okay, this. And if you're doing that with a comedy, it can't be all bad. And I thought the ghosts were done brilliantly. I loved uh, all the different eras of ghosts that you, they showed, and um, so I, you know I. I thought the special effects. I will say the the final ghost was a bit lackluster for me, but um, uh, just because I think they could have done something better than what they did. But um, 
but it was fine. I mean, uh, and how they beat them and everything else made sense. So, so I, I thought it was, yeah, like you said, I thought it was a, it was a fun time and it's worth checking out. Uh, like I said, not worth paint, buying it and not worth like, you don't really need to own it. But like you said, when it becomes available for people to watch and you got some time to kill, yeah, it's worth watching it. So, um, so how about, uh, X-Men Apocalypse? Now, I don't know. Now, have you seen all the X-Men movies up to this one or I don't know? I have seen, I have seen all the X-Men movies as far as I know. Okay. Uh, I've seen X, X2, X3, Wolverine Origins, Wolverine, uh, First Class, Days of Future Past, and this one, right? Is there any yeah. more? Are there any more? No, nope, that's... Deadpool, well, I don't think you count Deadpool as an X-Men movie. Right. <laughs> we've, already, we've already raved about Deadpool on the show. Right. Now, yeah, uh, that's all of them that I can think of. So, too. yeah, so, uh, disappointed. Uh, it was, it was not good. To, I didn't care for it. Okay. I, I think there was... Look, every big movie has major plot holes. This one had holes you could drive trucks through. <laughs> and it just did not make... I mean, it, it, there were things that just did not make any sense at all. I, I, I loved the idea. I loved the era. I, now, I understand there is... I had not seen the extended one. I understand the extended cut. You see them where they go to the mall. Because that would have been yeah. a great sequence. Because you get what? In the in the theatrical version, you get 30 seconds of it. They go right. see Empire. Or no, they go see Jedi. And they make a yeah. comment about the third movie. And I'm going... How you know how how on the nose can you be? Well, I thought that I was hilarious because they were. I yeah, felt well, like they were poking fun at themselves pretty much. Yeah, but it, I just I it, it it's the law of diminishing returns. I thought First Class was excellent. I really really liked First Class a lot. I, I liked a lot of what was going on in Days of Future Past. I wanted to like Apocalypse because I loved that era of X Men. I liked the the characters they had. I loved the designs. Yeah. There was a lot of. I thought there could have been a lot of positive. It just. Like I said, there were just too many, too many big plot holes. I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. I, yeah. I just, it got, you know. I wanted to like it. It was, it was okay. I don't need to see it again. I, if I had seen the theatrical or the uh, director's cut, maybe or whatever they're calling it, the road cut, maybe is this yeah. the one that the road cut? Maybe it would have been a different story. I don't know, but it was. And I'm gonna. T- and I'm, I don't care if I'm spoiling or not. You, we can cut it out if we want to. <laughs> the biggest, the biggest plot hole I had was when when Stryker comes to get some of the mutants at the at the school, uh-huh. right? Remember, and he knocks them all out with the EM, you know, like the EMP or the yeah, pulse yeah. ray or whatever. Yeah, knocks everybody out. The kid. So they they, you know, they get whoever they're going to get on the the helicopter, and then Gene, Cyclops, and Nightcrawler bamf in. Right? right, because he Nightcrawler can get in. Right, but their powers are supposedly inoperable when they're on the helicopter because they've got it some kind of dampening right. power dampening thing. Yet when they get to Canada, the kids get off that helicopter, and no one knows that they're there. How in the hell did that happen? Well, weren't I, and like, it's been a while since I've seen it, but weren't they like hiding behind something? They were or no, they were what that they were on the helicopter. How could yeah. they not? They were they were in the back with the other mutants that I can't remember who was there because you know there's yeah. like a bunch of them get thrown in the in the cell where right. they're still their powers are still dampened. There was no, of course, you don't see them land or anything to explain right. it. I'm like, how in the hell do three people get out this helicopter? And get away, and nobody knows they're there. It I, just, that I, was would, the, I would have to see that part again because I don't remember it. That, that I, I just, I, so. it, it, that, I just, that one stuck out to me. Going, 
how does that happen when they don't have their powers? If Nightcrawler could bamf them out of there, and maybe he did in the director's cut, and I just didn't get to see it. I don't know, but I'm watching it going, I, guys, I can't do it. Now, what about you? You seem to be a little surprised. Yeah, um, well, but I think it's because, and I've, and you're not the first person I've heard that didn't like it. So, I mean, it's, that's not a surprise to me. So, um, but you and I differ a little bit because, um, first class, while I enjoyed it, it's the one I like the least. Not out of all the X Men wow, movies. Okay. Not, not out of all the X Men movies, but out of the of this trilogy. Of this trilogy, it's the one I like the least because uh, one of the th- reasons why is um, like you're talking about plot holes and everything else. I had a real problem with them killing Darwin, who is supposed to be a mutant that can serve, whose body changes to survive anything. And so, how the hell did they kill him? Like, I had a real problem with that. Like, I was like, yeah, he shouldn't be able to die. Like, I understand, like, he could have something that temporarily stops him, but he shouldn't be dead. And so They turned him to stone. I'm yeah, trying to remember. Yeah, the yeah, he's, like, stone. turned to stone. And I'm like, yeah, his body should have adapted to that, though. Um, like, that's his whole point. Like, that's how he is in the comics is, like, you pretty much can't kill him because his body, every time you try to kill him, his body adapts to it. That's his mutant power. So I'm like, turning him to stone shouldn't work. Um, so, so I had a real problem with that. There was, you know, some of the characters, I, I just felt like it was, some, certain parts of that movie, I felt like they were trying to find their place. Like I said, I still enjoyed it a lot. Right. Um, but I felt like there, it, it wasn't as cohesive. Now, Days of Future Past is my favorite one out of all three. Uh, it's actually my favorite x-men movie um out of all of them so uh i thought days of future past was fantastic it played a lot with time and everything else which i love um i thought it was was a lot more cohesive story-wise and everything else um and i loved what it did for reworking the whole continuity issues when it came to the x-men movies (laughs) um um, yeah it, it brought my boy cyclops back to life so that in itself earns it some respect um and and I think that's one of the things that I liked in the Apocalypse movie was I thought they did a better depiction of Cyclops, which is my favorite Marvel character. So um, I thought it was a way better depiction of him and the struggles he deals with with having you know the visor and all that type of stuff and and his power. I thought Jean, the actress that played Jean Grey, who's from Game of Thrones, I thought she did a great job. So I thought the acting was done really really well. Um, some of the plot holes, like, there are certain scenes that I do think the movie struggled with, uh, which is why it's not my favorite, but it, but it's still up there. I still really enjoyed it, and like I said, I like, did like it more than uh, First Class, but I think it tried to be too grand of, of a movie, uh, a little too big, uh, and we got to be too big really, really fast in the movie. Like, it, it didn't really build up. It was like, all of a sudden, boom, now it's this giant thing happening. Um, so, but I, I liked, you know, how the team came together. I liked how, um, you know, the stuff with Psylocke and everything you like, I thought, you know, Psylocke and Caliban, I thought that was really cool with the Morlocks and stuff. So, so there was things like that, that it's just all these nods to the comic that I think kind of helped bring me in. But I do agree. There was moments where I'm just like, okay, this is kind of getting a little too, it's getting a little too, um, uh, epic and and it's not it hasn't built up to that epic size yet so like all of a sudden it's like okay the team's coming together and boom now we got this major catastrophe going on because of apocalypse so um, and I thought some things could have been very easily resolved like 
Quicksilver just telling Magneto, "Dude, I'm your son." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes, who his his sequence in this one, the 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 staging and it was great. I I wish they had used a rush tune yeah. since he was wearing a rush shirt. <laughs> right. Because you know it was that was the thing that got us all excited. He went from Pink Floyd to right. Uh, rush but he was it was good it was very it was very entertaining to think how are they gonna top it and i will say you know based on how uh joss whedon just spoilers killed his quicksilver yeah you know this one at least had a i I really they did some really inventive things with him yeah Uh, and i will say I, i i the one thing i really dug in this last one was that last sequence when they're in training oh, and yeah. the Sentinels come out, I was like, oh, "Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm that. Uh, yeah, okay, you got me with that. I, right. I, I really dug that part a yeah, lot. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, it's it, um, like I said, the Quicksilver thing. I, I, and like I said, I heard other people mention it, and when I watched, it, I was like, "Yeah, I get that." It's like uh, he he was all ready to tell to go see his father, and then when he finally has a chance to tell his father, especially in the circumstances where. Magneto's like feels like he's lost everything, and that's why he's siding with Apocalypse. Is right. like I've got nothing left. All you had to say was I'm your son, and then you give a pop, like you give Magneto a reason to feel like he sure. still has something. And it's like, dude, the the world is resting on your shoulders, and all you have to do is say, Dad. <laughs> do know? you know? I, I don't know enough about the licensing to understand. You know, I know they because let's face it, they they had. Quicksilver in both movies. Right. Was there some reason they did not have Scarlet Witch in these? Is that not, just a is that a style thing or was that a licensing they didn't have? I, I don't you know? know if there was a licensing issue. I can't imagine that there was. I just know that like the Avengers movies couldn't use the word mutants, but right. but they didn't necessarily own the rights to Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch as far as names and characters because they were also Avengers characters so that's kind of where the loophole was a little bit um but I but yeah as far as like why they didn't use Scarlet Witch I think it was I think it was just a matter of like hey we're already using one character that's appeared in both movies so maybe they just decided they're not going to use two characters that appear in both movies So, uh, but yeah, I don't think it was a, I don't think it was a licensing thing. I think it was just a choice. At least I haven't heard Fair anything enough. about it being a licensing issue. So, right. Um, but yeah, so, uh, so yeah. And, and that's the fun thing about doing shows like this with, with other people is because obviously different viewpoints, sometimes we're going to agree like Ghostbusters and sometimes we're not going to agree like X-Men. So, <laughs> And I will say, you know, nothing. Uh, 2016, you know, so far, and we've got one more big one to go right. to see where that goes. But uh, I will say, you know, overall, you know, I, uh, everything I've seen this year was good, if not great. Yeah, absolutely. Which is good. I mean, I mean, again, I, I Apocalypse. I don't need to see it again. It again, it was fine. It was like Ghostbusters, yeah. it was fine. Yeah. I didn't hate it. It was just like, eh, you right. know, okay. Yeah. But uh, but you know so, you know some years we see things and they're just train wrecks and I didn't yeah. think any you know nothing has been of the the train wreck variety of, of yeah. the things that we see now I did not see Doctor Strange yet I have uh, not I, either and I'm actually very I've, disappointed that I haven't yet but yeah my my family saw it they enjoyed it okay and so I'm sure it's I'm sure it's fine uh, it didn't it uh, interestingly enough it just didn't hold enough sway for me to want to go see it yeah I'm just like eh, I, I 
I'm actually get to that point. Yeah, I'm actually a big yeah, I'm actually a big fan of the character. I just haven't had the opportunity to go see it. There was a weekend here and there where I probably could have and I just didn't. Uh but I it it was one that I'm very it's one that I'm very interested in. I just haven't had the opportunity to see it. I also wanted to see the Fantastic Beast uh movie because I love the Harry Potter stuff, but uh, I haven't had opportunity to go see that either. Uh, obviously, Rogue One will be the next movie I go see, and then who knows? Maybe over the holiday, if Doctor Strange is still in the theaters or something like that, I will yeah. I'll go see it then. So. Well, I will say this, and and Shannon was shocked when I told him last time I saw him. You know what the surprise movie of 2016 for me has been in terms of, and obviously Deadpool was. I think it's 2016. Yeah. But the big the big budget movie that was a total surprise that I absolutely adored was Jungle Book. Oh yeah. Because yeah. I did not expect I. I have a special place in my heart for the original. Oh yeah, for sure. And and, and I love the books. I mean, I read Rudyard Kipling when I was younger, and right. and and I didn't. I I went in very trepidatiously to that movie, yeah. and I really really liked it a lot. And that little kid, wow, played Mowgli talk about perfectly. A performance. Yeah, talk about a performance because it's all green screen. I was, yes. That's why Shannon has not seen it because he had the same reservations I did, and I said, no, man. Give it, give it a shot. It's worth it just. It's, really, to, it's worth it just to see Christopher Walken as King Louis singing. He, that is amazing. <laughs> that King, that whole King Louis sequence is just astounding. But yeah, the whole thing is really good. And yeah. you know, John Favreau is wow. Who who would ever thought the Ultimate Fighter from Friends would right. go on to have the career that he has had? You know, uh, wow. And Bill uh, Murray as Baloo is perfect. Uh, yeah, they really. Uh, yeah, casting I, was not, perfect. It's uh, it's on Netflix now too. Uh, it just came up first of the month, so it is on Netflix for the, at least for a while. Yeah. And if you have not seen it, and and you were, and was it uh, Idris? Curious, like was I it was, Idris Elba was. Uh, what is, is it? Uh, he, he's Bagheera, I Bagheera, believe. Bagheera, yeah. And then yeah, who no, was and Shere- Scarlett Johansson is Ka. Ka, and, yeah. And who was she? Um, Maybe he's Shere Khan. Shere Khan. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I can't remember now. Uh, I think did, did, I think in Idris Elba was uh, Bagali though. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, Ka. I I was a little hesitant when I heard that Scarlett Johansson was Ka, but she did a hell of a job with that. So um, yeah, it's it's like I said, it's it's the surprise. Yeah, for sure. Of the big of the big stuff because I I didn't didn't expect to I I had I had some major. A version of seeing it, and I'm glad I really, I'm really glad I did. And I told Shannon, I said, put the animated movie to the side because it is a classic. Yeah. It's one, of, it, it may be my favorite Disney movie of all time. And so, it made me, like, just, yeah, it made me very, very hopeful now that I've heard that they're going to do a live action Lion King. Um, because that's going to be interesting because there aren't people at all. Right. So that, that's what we were talking about here at the house. Was, right. There's no, there are no humans. Like, how does that work? Right. So, We'll see. We'll see. And for those that don't know, uh, people that are close to me know this, but uh, Lion King is my favorite of all the Disney movies. And it's also the one that my... And and part of it's because my wife and I share a connection with the Lion King. There's a lot of stuff in our house that's Lion King. Uh, It it ties into kind of a little bit how we met and everything else. So so Lion King is really big. In fact, we have a couple animation cells. Uh, There's one that hangs right over our fireplace. There's one that hangs in our bedroom. I bought my wife as our wedding gift an original movie poster of Lion King, and her wedding gift to me was that she got it framed, and it's this giant poster in a beautiful golden frame that hangs. As soon as you walk in our main door, you cannot miss it. Uh, it's right there, uh, and 
Yeah, our cake topper was Simba and Nala for our wedding. I mean, so so it's so a big deal you, for us. Have you seen the Broadway show? Oh yes, I. Okay. So we actually our first time seeing it was actually in New York on Broadway. Right. Nice. And we've seen it several times. That it's come to Cleveland. Uh, I think we've seen it seven or eight times. Um, cool. And to the point where we actually, my my in laws kept getting us tickets for it every time it came to Cleveland. And one of the times they went with us, and then later on they went with us, and the later on time they went with us, they said, yeah, I think this is our third time seeing it. And we were like, yeah, this is like our seventh time seeing it. And they're like, oh, my God. And we're like, yeah, you guys keep getting us tickets every time it comes. And they were like, oh, we will not get you tickets anymore for it. Because as much as we love it, when you see something that many times that close together, because we were, you know, we probably seen it. We were seeing it like once every other year. We were like, right. we still enjoyed it when we went, but it got to a point where we're like, yeah, I'm not really that excited to go see it right now. <laughs> but then mm-hmm. you'd get in the theater and you're just amazed by it. It's absolutely gorgeous and beautiful, and I have, we have the soundtrack for it and everything else. But it, yeah, at least at Lion King is huge for us. So when I heard they were doing a live action one uh, and we've gotten all the spin-off DVDs you know there was like Lion King one and a half and stuff sure. like that yep. so um but yeah when uh and those have been done really well but yeah when we heard they were doing live action I was like Ugh. and then I saw the Jungle Book and I was like all right I actually am kind of hopeful for this now I'm not I'm not fearful of it anymore so we'll see how it goes um, the movie, uh, one movie that actually surprised me this year, and I wasn't planning on going and seeing it, but a friend of mine, uh, sh- she provided tickets for it, and my wife and I went and saw it, and, and I knew it was going to be a movie my wife was going to really like. Uh, it, was, it was earlier this year. It was Eddie the Eagle. Um, oh, you've talked about that before. Yeah. yeah I, I still haven't seen it. Yeah, so t- that was a nice surprise. If you're someone that likes movies like Cool Runnings and stuff like that, where it's based on a real story, but there's more comedy to it, uh, in the movie version uh, than what the real life version was. Yeah, I would, I'd recommend seeing that one if you like those feel good type movies. So, um, but yeah, that, other than that, I don't think there was too many surprises for me this year. I think the uh, by far, and this isn't just it's not because it's the shiny new toy. Uh, the Civil War, Captain America: Civil War, is my favorite comic book movie. For me, that hit everything I ever wanted a comic book movie to have. Uh, multiple characters, plot that went really well, uh, great acting. Every character I thought was developed well and, and acted well. Uh, I thought they every single one of them had the fighting style that they should have for that character. They didn't all look like they were fighting the same way. Um, it was just, for me, it was the perfect comic book movie ever. So um, so that that's probably my, f- obviously, you know, with another movie coming in, coming very soon so far that is my favorite movie of 2016 um i'm hoping i will be saying something different in a week or so but for right now that's that is my favorite movie i i really like civil war two if if for anything but giant man because that (laughs) put me over the edge it was so great um i i you know i again the jungle book was a big surprise the the deadpool thing was a total shock oh i just yeah, for sure. I can't say it's my. I mean, is it the best thing I saw this year? It, for the laughs and for the company of Mr. Gallant, it may be. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> it was just uh, it was great. But no, uh, it, like I said, it was a good year because nothing. 
nothing disappoint nothing was horrible no, you know and and there are a few things i still need to see that i've heard great things about like uh, kubo and the two strings from an animation perspective uh-huh. i've heard it's great um and uh, i never saw kung fu panda 3 which i heard was really really good yeah i haven't seen that yet either. and i've talked about my love of kung fu panda on the show before yeah. so yeah. i need to go see it apparently yeah. it's on netflix too thank goodness so. oh cool very cool <laughs> Um, so want to get into some uh, some holiday movies and, and specials and whatnot? Let's do it. All right. So just recently, uh, I re- we saw a post online uh, from, let me go back to the page where this was, uh, a guy named Ryan uh, McKiernan uh, actually posted, and he says, does anyone have a list of animated holiday specials from the 80s? And uh, where to get slash watch them. He goes, I remember He-Man and She-Ra, Christmas Comes to Pac-Land, and of course the Rankin and Bass specials. But mostly from the 80s properties is what he was interested in. So I did find a list of 80s movies and specials that I provided to him that I found online. And then there was also a YouTube channel that is titled 80s Christmas Specials Movies and TV Episodes. So I provided that, and it's a whole channel of nothing but that. So if you search for 80s Christmas specials, movies, and TV episodes, you'll probably find that channel, and, and they're all like not all of them are on there, but there's a lot of them on there, so it's worth checking out. But it gave me the idea, like, well, let's talk about some of these things that we grew up watching, and maybe these are specials that, and, and movies that we still watch every year now, um, and maybe some of them we just have fond memories of. So um, these are in, we're not doing a ranking, we're not doing any particular order of them or anything like that. It's just whatever we, whichever ones we want to talk about is what we're going to do. Um, and then uh, once we kind of go through this, uh, we'll... Well, uh, I think we have a question from a listener that we can kind of wrap up the show with and maybe talk a little bit about what we have planned for the upcoming year, like some things that we might be looking to do in the upcoming year. So, um, so John, is there any particular one that you wanted to kind of just throw out there to kick us off? Or? Well, we've already... We've already gone over my love of a Christmas story. <laughs> it's the greatest film ever made. It's the greatest Christmas movie and. Anything else? Uh, it's funny. I, I'm looking at the looking at a list of '80s uh, specials and, and movies, and I'll tell you what. It's funny. My wife was actually just watching, and it, it's it, Santa Claus the movie. Oh yeah, it's such a it's such a weird little film with Dudley Moore. It, yeah, with yeah. Dudley Moore and the the sister from uh, uh, Keeping Up Appearances, Mrs. Claus. Yes. And it is, it's, and John Lithgow, of course, like right after he did Buckley Bonsai, again, yep. one of the greatest movies ever made. Just a weird film, and, and it, it's so dated. Yeah. I mean, it's 30 years old, but it was shot on film, and it looks like it's, it just looks archaic. Yeah. It was so funny, because like I said, it's one of my wife's well, favorite movies. It back then, too, though. <laughs> it did, and it, but it was just, it was funny, because as I look at the list, I go, we were just watching it last weekend, and it, she loves it. it I, it's just a... I still enjoy it, it's, too. It, it's just an odd little film, and it, and it doesn't, I, I don't know, it has a weird, it just has a weird aesthetic, yeah. but anyway, I, as I look at the list, I'm like, oh, that, that yeah, Scream <laughs> 80s, boy. Okay. Santa Claus the movie is, is right up there yeah. for that. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Like you had the, and then later on you had the Santa Claus, which obviously had Tim Allen, which I think is a sure. phenomenal series of movies. Um, I I really enjoy those. Um, but yeah, when I saw it, it, 
I was like, oh, is that the Tim Allen movie? I was like, no, that's the Dudley Moore one. And like you said, <laughs> with Lithgow and everything else. And Lithgow's character is so bizarre in that one, Oh, too. and he's chewing the scenery up. And yes. it's great. Yeah. He's really funny in yeah. it. And I love almost anything with Lithgow in it. Uh, so so that, that movie is pretty cool just for that reason. But um, So I have movie... I have three movies for sure that are totally Christmas movies that I have to watch every single year. Uh, A Christmas Story is one of them for sure. Uh, And we have to talk uh, possibly of you and Shannon coming up here. Uh, I need, I want to make that happen on that free comic book day thing. Uh, We got to, yeah, we're going to arrange, we're going to arrange that. So, Um, but yeah, so Christmas Story, basically I put on TBS on Christmas day and that movie just plays pretty much all day long. <laughs> so, um, but the other two movies that I, I always have to watch is I always have to watch Nash Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, sure, uh, which I think is brilliant, uh, and uh, Elf. I absolutely adore Elf. Uh, I think it's a lot of fun. Yes, I, I we uh, Elf and A Christmas Story are kind of neck and neck anymore yeah. around here because I think Elf came out what like an oaf. Four oh three. I mean, something it's, like that. Yeah, it's been you know it's been around ten or twelve years now, and uh, it, it's a fun it's a fun movie. Uh, for those of you that like hearing Zoe Deschanel sing in that movie, uh, she's in a great little band called She and Him. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you uh, if you like her singing in that, you should check that out. They, they have three albums. Actually, one of them is a Christmas album, and it's not related to Elf, but she just put out a Christmas album with. Uh, M Ward is the is the him and she and him, but uh, and she yeah, is uh, she's pretty easy on the eyes too, which helps. Yeah, well, that, that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't hurt, but no, it it, it is it's just as quotable and yeah. as funny as as Christmas Story. And again, John Favreau, who yeah. who would have guessed? Yeah, uh, it, guessed it was two thousand three that it came out, so I just looked okay. it up. So um, yeah, like you said, so many quotes. I mean, we do the whole like you sit on a throne of lies. Um, because he says that to Santa, uh, and he's like uh, the whole like. When anytime we hear Santa, we're like, I know him. Know him. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, and and oh, the yellow ones don't stop. That's one of our favorite lines too. Uh, when he's talking about the taxi cab drivers, and oh, he's an angry elf. So that's well, I like I like hope find your hope find your dad, buddy. Hope you find your dad. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, oh. imminent, imminently quotable. Very, very funny. Uh, you know, obviously, I well, I think it's fair to say, and as much as I love Anchorman, it's Will Ferrell's. Well, it's his most accessible movie anyway. I don't yeah. know if it's his funniest, but it's it's definitely you know. most accessible. Uh, and then you yeah. also have, I mean, you have Ed Asner as Santa Claus in it. You got yeah. Bob Newhart. He's he's the Papa Elf. I mean. It's just the casting was done really well. I even love the guy. I can't remember. I don't know the actor's name, but it's the one that was the store manager. Uh, who? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that phase on love. Oh yeah, yeah. That might be it. Yeah, yeah. But he's I think just, so. he's, just, he's just like because it also he's like because you know what's that? Go ahead. I was gonna say you know who also is in Elf is Peter Billingsley. Oh yeah. And so you know, here is here is a guy who's in two seminal Christmas pictures. Right. And, and you, for those of you who don't know, he's one of the he's the one of the head elves, and you can't miss him because of those brilliant blue eyes of his. Yep. He's got the same color eyes he's had since he was a kid. Yeah. But yeah, so you got Peter yeah. Billingsley, two, yeah. two of the biggest Christmas movies ever made. 
But I love when he's just like, there's no singing at the North Pole, and, and Will Ferrell's character's like, yes, there is. Like, no, there's not. Yes, there is. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's uh, it's such a great movie, and most almost everyone I've ever talked to, when I mention that, they're like, oh, yeah, I have to watch that one now. And, it, and the thing I like about it the most is because, yeah, even though it came out in 2003, it's nice to know that even a recent movie can become a classic Christmas movie. Because Absolutely. most of these we're going to be talking about are like, have been around for a long time, but that one's, you know, even though it's 13 years old, like that's fairly recent and I would consider it a Christmas classic. So, um, so there are a few Christmas movies I consider Christmas movies and other people argue with me that they are not Christmas movies. Oh boy. (laughs) So first you have to have the diehard discussion. Yes, it's a Christmas movie. It is 100% a Christmas movie. It's absolutely a Christmas movie. He even wraps up the one terrorist and puts ho, ho, ho. (laughs) (laughs) I have a machine gun also. (laughs) Uh, Um, The one that... But yeah, it's like, it's completely... You know, he's going there for the holidays. He's going there for Christmas. He's going there for his family. Uh, It's it's completely Christmas. It's not Christmas until, was it, Hans Gruber falls out of the Nakatomi Tower. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, another one, and and I could be wrong, but I'm almost certain that this takes place at Christmas time, and there is a lot of Christmas feels around it, but I can understand if someone pushes back on this one with me, because it is probably way more action than it is a Christmas movie. But Lethal Weapon also takes place at Christmas, uh-huh. Martin Riggs yeah. is up is going through depression because he lost his wife and it's the holidays and all that stuff so that you know it takes place around Christmas. The one I will argue to my dying breath and I actually had this argument with someone that I work with and I can't believe that anyone would not consider this a Christmas movie. I completely disagree with anyone that's out there that tells me this is not a Christmas movie is Gremlins. Oh yeah, Gremlins yeah. is a thousand percent a Christmas movie. Yeah, yeah. Gizmo. I, I, a, I, I don't know why anybody'd argue about that. I, I, I'm with you. I don't, I don't like the movie, but I'm with yeah. you on that. <laughs> Gizmo was a Christmas gift. <laughs> there is the the theme. If you listen, if you look at the soundtrack, there's Christmas music music on the soundtrack. <laughs> so, um, I love Gremlins, but I was the right age for when that one came out. So, yeah. So. Uh, how about you? Any other uh, movies that jump out for you? Oh, uh, well, you know, we've talked about Scrooge before. Oh, uh, love that that's one. That's great. Uh, uh, Ernest, saves, yeah, Ernest Saves Christmas. Uh, you know, I got a soft spot for Ernest P. World. He can do no wrong. <laughs> uh, but no, I, t- I tell you, it's not a, it's not a, it's more on the special side, but one that always pops up that just, Kills me, and, and we talked about when we t- when we talked about our movies in '83, and I was talking about a Christmas story. You know, I, I talked about the fact that the first VHS copy we had was somebody had had ripped off of HBO back in '85 or '84 okay. for us. But one of the ads that was on HBO at that time was for Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Oh my god, I adore that movie, <laughs> and I, I knew you would because yes. it's Jim Hansen. Yes, but. Uh, Ain't No Hole in the Wash Tub is one of the funniest damn films. Oh, my God. It's so great. (laughs) You know, we watch it. We watch it here. And and I'll tell you the other one. And you you might turn me off as soon as I tell you this. (laughs) But my kids were of the age. Heidi and I, every year, watch the Wiggles Christmas special. Oh, man. It is one of the funniest damn things because it was probably, oh, 
this is probably oh two oh three maybe and the guest singer on it one of the guest singers is um uh, oh what is the, uh, the john fogarty who started ccr yeah okay Creed's clear row right because his his grandchildren were fans of the wiggles and so he does this christmas thing with them Wow. And they talk about Christmas pants. Like, for years, there's this whole thing about wearing Christmas pants. And that was a running gag in our house when the kids were little. I would run around and, you know, dancing in Christmas pants. It, we still watch it because it is it is great. I don't care what anybody says about the Wiggles. Those guys were very, very talented. They were education majors who started as a as a project when they were in school, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, yeah. they were they, – they, they, while they made a lot of money doing it, they had some – sound educational theory behind what they were doing right so if i've lost half the audience so be it <laughs> but but they they did they knew what they were doing they were very talented but that wiggles christmas special from the early 2000s I is one that we have it on dvd like i said we watch it now heidi and i just watch it because we just it, obviously there's a lot of nostalgia sure. with the kids being little but it's it's really really funny and well i was gonna say we have a John lot of folks out there so i'm sure there's a lot of them that have yeah. watched it so um, but yeah, John Fogarty rocking out to a song called Rockin' Santa. It's right. it's funny. Yeah. Well, I will say, too, uh, a little factoid out there. Yes, uh, and I've, uh, I love Emmett Outer's Jug Band Christmas because you know my love of Jim Henson stuff. Um, and obviously, you you know this already ahead of time, but there's obviously going to be a lot more Jim Henson things brought up in this episode. Uh, but but when it comes to Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas, here's something. I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show or not. I've definitely have told people about this before. But you, you know how um, Disney bought the Muppets, right? So Sure. Uh, so when Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas first aired on HBO, I, of course, saw it and fell in love with it. Uh, it opens up with Kermit narrating the opening of the whole special. Right. Well, when they released it on VHS, Kermit was still opening the whole special. Well, between them releasing it on VHS and them releasing it on DVD is when Disney bought the Muppets. But Disney did not buy everything from Jim Henson, and one of the things that Jim Henson Studios still held the rights to was Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. So when they went to go release it on DVD, they could not include the Kermit opening. So if you get the huh. DVD, it does not have Kermit on it. Maybe there's a new updated version, I don't know, but the last time I knew, uh, the DVD does not include Kermit opening up the the whole special. So I have the VHS and I will not let it go because it does still have Kermit on it. And I will watch that version. I want to actually get it converted to a DVD because obviously VHS is only going to last so long. Um, but yeah, that's just a little factoid out there is that if you get the DVD, you won't see Kermit on it. So Hmm. yeah. Um, there's other right. Like I'll talk about some of the other Jim Henson ones later, but there's rights that go along with that, those ones too, why if you get like the DVD, they don't, or, or video of any kind, you don't see certain things that were on the original. So, but yeah, that one, that one in particular, it's because Jim Henson Studio still owns the rights to Emmett Otter, but they don't own the rights to Kermit anymore. So, um, the one thing I know we passed it, you passed it really quickly, but I definitely wanted to talk, mention a little bit about it was Scrooge. Obviously I love it. Bill Murray is yep. awesome. Um, there's a line, and I looked it up because I wanna I wanted to recite it uh, just right. Is 
Um, there's a line in that movie that epitomizes uh, Christmas for me. And he says, it's Christmas Eve. It's the one night of the year when we all act a little nicer. We smile a little easier. We cheer a little more. For a couple of hours out of the whole year, we are the people we always hoped we would be. And to me, that's exactly what Christmas is. Like, that's why I love the, the holiday so much. Um, but uh, it is absolutely, uh, I love that quote. I post it either on the Facebook page or I post it on my own personal Facebook page. But every year I put that quote out there because it, it means something to me. So so one thing when it comes to Scrooge kind of opens up a, another topic for me. I don't know where it falls in for you, but a big thing for me uh, it's one of my favorite stories, not just a Christmas story, but uh, but it, it's a special story in general for me. Is I absolutely love A Christmas Carol. So any version I can watch of A Christmas Carol, I will pretty much watch it. So, um, you know, you have, uh, you know, uh, like you have obviously Muppets Christmas Carol, which I adore, and it has one of the best Christmas songs ever. Uh and uh, you have Mickey's Christmas Carol. You have, uh, there was just recently, I don't know, I think I mentioned it to you and uh, you were a little skeptical of it until you heard me. I think it was you that mentioned to me, like, once you heard that I thought it was actually really good, you were like, oh, I might have to check that out, was the uh, the one with Jim, the animated one with Jim Carrey. Uh, that, was, that was Shannon, Was I that think. Shannon? Okay. Yeah. Um, no. I highly recommend that one. I thought it was done really, really well. Um there's the one with uh, from the 80s with George C. Scott, which I thought was really well done also. Um, that one's a creepy one, though. That one's definitely dark <laughs> um, and, and very serious. But um, I don't know. Are you a fan of A Christmas Carol or in general? or? Yeah, you know, i certainly seen it over the years. I think we've talked about this before, too. But the, the last movie that I can recall seeing as a fan, you know, my immediate family, right? You know, my mom, my dad, and my sister was Muppet Christmas Carol back in '91 yeah. when I was in college. Yeah. I think that was the last movie the four of us ever saw as a family, and you know that was a good one to see. Oh was, yeah, uh, for sure. It is, it's a fun. It's fun. I like the music in that one a lot. Yeah. But uh, you know, uh, do I go out of my way to watch all the different Christmas Carols or Scrooge, you know, productions over yeah. every year? No, but you know, I, there, right. there are so many. Like you said, there are so many good interpretations yeah uh probably more good than bad yeah uh, uh, it's a tough but, story yeah. to screw up i guess and that's what i think why i enjoy it and like the story itself it's it you know like with the muppets uh you know you have you can throw some comedy into it but then sure you can go really dark like i said the george c scott one is really dark uh and so you got the supernatural creepiness of ghosts but then you also have the hopefulness and and obviously the character that starts off as mean and and uh, evil towards everyone, you know, he has a, you find out later has a heart of gold, and you also find out why he became the character he did. So, uh, so you start empathizing with him. Um, the Muppet Christmas Carol, obviously, I adore the song. Uh, Feels like Christmas uh, from the Ghost of Christmas Present is one of my all-time favorite Christmas songs. Uh, again, I feel like it epitomizes what I feel about Christmas. Um, and I, I'm just, I'm a huge Christmas fan in general. So, uh, in fact, when I posted something about Star Wars and I was looking, there's that whole thing of like, 
looking uh everyone else is looking forward to christmas i'm looking forward to star wars um my one aunt was like but you love christmas i was like yeah that should tell you how much i love star wars <laughs> so um, well, you know, I, I will say it was funny why looking at looking at one of the you know let's face it there's a plethora of things on the internet when it comes to reading them up about christmas specials and movies and what have you yeah. and one of them said oh you know if you're a true star wars fan you have to make a pilgrimage to the Star Wars Christmas special every year, and I just started howling Ooh. when I read that. <laughs> because, you know, one of our co-hosts who's not here tonight would, would certainly uh, ascribe to that philosophy, yeah. and I know you wouldn't, and, no. and Chuck we can not. all remember the... And, yeah, and Chuck, <laughs> as I recall, Chuck said that was the one episode he ever hated recording. Right. Uh, well, you he guys hates, were he doing it back in the day. recording it, yes. <laughs> yeah. so, he says, I can't I believe you was, put me through that and everything else, and I was like, you asked for it. And I said, if we're going to watch it, because I watched it once before we did that episode, uh, and I told him, I warned him ahead of time, let's not do this. <laughs> and he's like, no, I want to see it. And so... I was like, all right, if we're going to do this, we're going to record it then. And we did, and he did the exact same thing I did, which is that the very opening of it, he's like, well, this isn't too bad. And I go, just wait, just wait. <laughs> it gets right. really bad really fast. <laughs> um, now, have you seen the full thing yourself? Not in a long time. Okay. Not in a long time. I Yeah, I I need to watch it again. I I I I have. I believe I still have the the, the Star Wars Christmas album on CD because I bought oh, it the yeah. year it came out. That was what and was that twenty years ago now? Yeah. I, I'm, we're showing our age. I, I think it was. I think I was in graduate school when it came out. I'm pretty sure it came out like ninety six, ninety seven, somewhere in there. Uh, I don't know if I still have it or not. Yeah, you know, we I talked about before. I mean, it's the John Bon Jovi is on yes. there singing, but because uh, I think his cousin was the producer or something, if I remember correctly. Yeah, but, something uh, like that. Yeah, but uh, I, um, yeah, I still have it. Uh, it's still, uh, it. You know, what do you get a Wookiee for Christmas when he already has a comb? <laughs> uh, so I mean, uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's what it's actually. I think it's before. John Bon Jovi is even known, so I think it's even older than what you're saying. I mean, it, you probably you got it when yeah, it came out in November of 1980. You know, no, no, the CD came out in the 90s. Right. Yes, you're correct, and that's when I I got it yeah. then. But no, I mean, I, I remember reading in the liner notes because I and I think you talked about it before, but yeah, it was he wasn't even Bon Jovi; he right. was Bon Jovi or whatever his right. legal name is. Correct. And he was what like 18 or whatever yeah. yep. when he. When he did it, but yes, no, no, I, I, I know it came out, yeah, yeah, seventy nine, eighty, whatever it was, but I, I, I just remember when it came out on CD because that was apparently a real, yeah, important moment in Star Wars lore that yes. this, wow, this thing's available now, and that was yes. CD, ladies and gentlemen, CDs in the mid nineties, that was a big deal. Oh yeah, for sure, <laughs> absolutely. So, yeah. Um, yes, and and regarding uh, John Bon Jovi, so this is from Wikipedia, so you know it's true. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the album is notable for featuring the first professional recording of John Bon Jovi, credited as John Bon Jovi, uh, his birth name, who sang lead vocals on the song R2D2, We Wish You a Merry Christmas. His cousin Tony Bon Jovi co-produced the album and ran the recording studio at which it was recorded, where John was working sweeping floors at the time. Wow. Talk about coming from... Uh, 
He was living on a prayer. Yes. <laughs> and speaking of which, too, I am happy to report that uh, I believe for this Christmas, uh, my in-laws are actually going to get uh, help us get tickets uh, because John Bon Jovi is coming to Cleveland in March of 2017, Uh-oh. and I have never seen him in concert. And so, really, yes. As much as wow. I, as much as I love him, I never had the opportunity to see him in concert. So this will definitely be 2017's already starting off with something that will be checked off the bucket list. So, so is this is this him solo or with the band? I believe it's with the band, but I'm not sure. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I'd have to look into. Well, you that just said John Bon Jovi's coming. That's why yeah. I wasn't sure what, sure. what that meant. Okay. Sure. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be at the Q Arena, so it's going to be it's going to be big. Um, but yeah, I am I am so ecstatic, and uh, like I said, that was definitely on the bucket list of like, okay, I want to go see nice. him in concert. So, um, but yes, I, I have that CD as well, and it does get played, it does get into the rotation, uh, probably to my wife's dismay because every once in a while, when it does get into the rotation, she will turn to me when it starts playing and goes really. <laughs> so, um, but yes, I, I have seen the Christmas special. I do not recommend it to anyone out there, but if you are going to watch it, I recommend listening to the episode that we did a commentary for. While you're watching it, it will at least entertain you a little bit more. <laughs> um, so let's see, uh, going into some other movies. So here's one that is, uh, it's definitely a Christmas movie. Uh, but it's probably a lesser-known Christmas movie, and my wife and I actually just watched it again last year. We've watched it many times, but we hadn't watched it for a while, and we watched it again last year, is The Ref with Dennis Leary. Oh, is it Dennis Leary? I've never seen that. That's the one where the kid kidnaps his fam- kidnaps yes. his parents or something? No, he okay. kidnaps the family. So what happens is yeah, you, have okay. Kevin, you have Kevin Spacey and his family are totally dysfunctional. They're talking about the husband and wife are po- talking about possibly getting a divorce, and the son like extorts. He's at military school, but he extorts people with like graphic pictures of them and everything else. So it's totally a dysfunctional family. Dennis Leary plays a burglar in this small town, and he has to uh, the the one guy's alarm goes off, and he has to kind of hide out while he kidnaps this family to uh, this dysfunctional family. And it is absolutely hysterical. It is pure Dennis Leary. Um, telling people everything that is wrong with them and how they're acting with each other and stuff like that. If you have not seen it, I cannot recommend the movie enough. Uh, it, it is fantastic. It's not one to watch with the kids because there's definitely some language in it that is uh, not appropriate. But uh, but oh my god, it's so great. The 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 mother of Kevin Spacey is just the most horrible person in the world and Ken- Dennis Leary points it out to her to her face it's it's just well it, it, okay so if we're going to talk about inappropriate Christmas movies how about Bad Santa oh yeah Did, <laughs> so um, I haven't seen the new one I, I'd like to yes. I will probably not see it until it goes on video but right. wow you want to talk about inappropriate yeah. um, man there's some funny stuff that goes on in it. Yes, that's not one my children have seen either. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I can remember the I I didn't I don't know how somehow I missed the story on that one okay. until well after it was out. Yeah, same here. 
and, and I don't know if it just kind of was under the radar. I don't know what kind of release it got because that, that was what 12, 10, 12 years ago. I mean, it's yeah. been out. It's been it was out, out for a while. while. Yeah. But man, the first time I saw it, I was in tears. I was oh, laughing yeah. so hard. Oh yeah. And you don't want to laugh because it's just wrong. Right. It's just right. really, really wrong. <laughs> but there's some. Oh, that. Oh, so funny. Uh, and I don't know anybody had seen the new one. If, if anybody's seen it, I, uh, yeah. comment in the notes somewhere. I'd like to hear what people think because I, I. I, I definitely am going to see it at some point, but uh, you want to talk about inappropriate? That might be. <laughs> oh yeah, that's probably the <laughs> certainly pinna- on the list. <laughs> it's probably the pinnacle of it. Um, unless you, unless you start going, I mean, unless you start going into the stuff in the adult section, uh, that's probably the. Well, the I was going to say, or the the violence stuff. Like, <laughs> right. what was it? Silent Night, Deadly, Deadly Night, or something. Yeah, I don't want yeah. you know, to talk about that. I never saw any of that stuff. But right. uh, yeah, Bad Santa was. Uh, it was, it was good. It was now, funny. A few uh few eighties ones that uh specials uh that some people may have seen, some people may not have. I know that uh it was mentioned by uh Ryan on Facebook of uh you know, Christmas comes to Packland, which I vaguely remember. I know I watched it for sure, but don't remember that one um, at all. I feel like that might be one that if I can if it is on that YouTube channel, I'm gonna have to watch it because I I loved Pac Man. I loved the cartoon when I was growing up. Um, there is, uh, I do remember a Jetsons Christmas Carol. Again, I was a big fan of Christmas Carol and I remember Mr. Spacely was, uh, the Scrooge character. So, uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, the one that really jumped out at me and I know I watched it, but I cannot for the life of me remember what it was about was Mr. T and Emmanuel Lewis in a Christmas dream. Not not a clue, man. Don't remember any of it. <laughs> I know I saw it, but man, if anyone out there can remind me what the hell the plot of it was, I would love to. Um, now, one I do vaguely remember the plot for was Alf's Christmas Special. Uh, I loved watching Alf growing up, and I remember there was a whole thing with Alf and Santa and everything else, like uh, Alf not understanding the whole how the whole Santa thing works and everything. So. Um, now here's one that John, I don't know if you'll remember or not. It was definitely from the eighties. I have fond memories of this and I have not watched it since I saw it on TV. Uh, but it was the claymation Christmas special featuring the California raisins. If if I saw it, man, I don't remember. (laughs) That was probably had too many one too many eggnogs in the last 30 years i i just i did i am going back or have looked back and try and remember this stuff and yeah it you know it's it let's face it it's not rudolph or frosty or some of the right. stuff that yeah, <laughs> claimation christmas right. hasn't been right. on television in probably 25 years yeah so. i remember the claymation christmas special uh there was a lot of things with it like the there were some parts that were funny, and there were some parts that were serious. They did a little drummer boy thing that was very serious and was very well done. Um, the, like I said, they had the California Raisin, Raisins singing a song, which was at the peak of those characters being popular. Um, and I remember throughout the 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 show, there was these two dinosaur claymation characters that were like reporters, and they kept the one kept getting the song wrong because it was supposed to be a wassailing, and he kept changing it to like you'd have ducks to show up and and they'd be like a waddling and he's like no it's not a waddling and then he'd have like a chef showing up that was making uh waffles and it'd be a waffling along and so it was just like a running gag through the whole show um so 
that's just stuff I remember from it. But, uh, yeah. Again, it's one of those ones I'd love to watch again just because I haven't seen it since I was a kid. But it obviously stuck with me because I remember specific things about it. So, um, Let's see. Well, you, you mentioned it, so let, let's talk about some of the classic ones, some of the Rankin-Bass and everything else. Do you watch those still as an adult? or? Uh, I don't as as the kids have gotten older, we don't watch them with the we don't watch them as often as we did. Okay. You know, when they were when they were younger, I mean there there are a handful of things that we still watch. I think it's more the movies now. It's the elves, the Christmas stories, the yeah. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, that kind of thing. It's you know if if Charlie Brown is on, we'll watch it. Or yeah. we we do. I think we have we have the Frosty or the Rankin Bass stuff on DVD. Yeah. But. Uh, you know, it's not uh, it's not as much tradition as it was when they were a little smaller. How about that? Gotcha. I will say that those are still very much a tradition for me. Uh, I my favorite of of all Christmas specials is Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Um, Toys R Us there for a while. You're you're not going to be shocked at all by this, but Toys R Us there for a while had six inch. Uh, action figures of I remember yeah I remember those yes I have almost all of them um in fact they're at my workplace right now they uh, sit on top of my overhead uh uh compartment thing I have on my desk uh they're all set up there and people have been coming by my desk to look at them uh in amazement I had the whole Santa's sleigh with the reindeer and everything, and the only one there's two that I don't have that I definitely want to get. There's a few, there's a couple other ones that were newer ones that I don't have, um, but there's two specifically from Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer that I don't have that I want to get. I never got the Bumble, uh, so the Bumble Snowman, and I never got Mrs. Claus. Um, so those are the two I still want to add to my collection. Now there's also a uh, couple figures from a year without Santa Claus, which is Heat Miser and Cold Miser, uh, that they made figures for that I don't have. That I want to get those as well to add to the the setup there. But um, but I actually loved that special. I the Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. I also have a Santa's castle that stands probably about two and a half feet tall, two feet tall. Um, mm-hmm. And it's got smaller versions of all those characters, and I set that up every Christmas. Um, and I've seen that thing go on eBay for like some crazy money. Uh, I think I paid 50 bucks when it came out or something like that. And, uh, I set that up every Christmas. Uh, it's a really, it's a nice little setup and everything else, but that is by far my favorite of all the Christmas specials is the Rudolph one. Uh, I love the whole Island of Misfit Toys and all that type of stuff. Um, I love Santa Claus is coming to town. I watch that every year. I've, like you said, I have all these on DVD um, and the reason I got them all on DVD is because I was tired of missing the specials on TV. Like, they would air on TV, and I was like, oh, man, I forgot that was going to be on. I would miss it. So I just ended up getting them all on DVD. Um, sure. Frosty the Snowman's fantastic. The sequel to it is horrible. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you saw the they did a sequel to it, like, I don't know, not that many years ago, I feel like. But it's the animation is absolutely atrocious. Yeah, I think I've. I, I don't. I, I'm sure I saw it at some point. Yeah, I'm, I'm fairly certain I have. Um, but yeah, I love uh, Charlie Brown's Christmas. Uh, that's always fantastic, and um, that you hear that song from it too all the time on the radio uh, during the Christmas season of just uh, Schroeder playing the piano, and it's 
like you can't help but think of Charlie Brown's Christmas special when you hear it. So, sure. Um, we definitely play. We have a, a CD. We were talking about CDs earlier. We have a CD of uh, cartoon Christmas uh, music, and it plays a lot of the classic songs from a lot of these Rankin Bass and everything else, and Charlie Brown Christmas and all that. And one of the songs I absolutely love is from Santa Claus is Coming to Town, which is "Put One Foot in Front of the Other." Um, it's just it's just such a fun song and everything else. So. Um, but yeah, all of those, all the, you know, like I said, Year Without Santa Claus is fantastic. All those. Now, one that is really weird, and it came out in the 80s, and I don't know if you saw it on the list or have ever, or even remember what this is The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus. No, sorry. So, <laughs> so it's, a, it's one of those, it's one of those claymation style ones, kind of like the Rankin Bass and everything else. And it's, um, it's it's the whole story of Santa Claus, but it's really weird because it's like they the the gods find a baby in the forest and they all in uh, they raise them and this elf uh, help, that's like a little sidekick of the gods he helps to raise them and uh, they bestow upon him the various gifts. Uh, that Santa is known for o- over all these years and stuff like that. It is a really bizarre special. Um, and I remember watching it as a kid going, this is weird. Like, I don't think I finished watching it as a kid. I definitely have watched it as an adult, but yeah. it's a biz- it's a very bizarre one. Um, so uh, it's it's a lot more serious. It's not It doesn't have the fun whimsicalness of... Uh, of Santa Claus is coming to town, which also tells the origin of Santa Claus, but I think in a much more fun way. Right. So, um, I do remember like some of the other ones I'm seeing here, like Yogi's first Christmas. I, I kind of remember that there was a whole, I don't know if this is the one for that or not, but there was a whole like Hanna Barbera Christmas special that I kind of vaguely remember. Yeah, I don't know if you remember that at all or not. I, I don't. I feel I feel so badly. Like I said, it's just too much eggnog over the years. I don't. You know, I. I it's it's funny. I was actually just having this conversation with somebody last night, and I know it's not Christmas when I'm going to say it anyway. The the one holiday thing that I uh, TV thing for me is turkeys away from. Uh, WKRP in Cincinnati, yes, yes. and I recognize it's Thanksgiving. But those of you who know me, I post it every year on Facebook yep. because it is one of the funniest things ever done on television. But I remember that because I see it all the time. Right. I need to go back and watch some of these yeah. some of these Christmas related things or or other holiday. I mean, if there's other holidays. Um, I don't know how many Hanukkah specials or right. Kwanzaa specials are out there. I'm willing to give anything a shot. Sure. But I just, I, you know, it's just funny because yeah, the. Like I said, especially you know, as 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 the as the kids have gotten older, the interests change and the yep. and really the TV viewing has changed. We're yeah. not really watching a lot of you know, television in real time. It's like, well, like I said, what do you see on Netflix yeah. or yeah, that kind of thing. But but I need to go back and because you're just you're throwing stuff at me that I just don't. <laughs> I don't remember. I, and again, I'm going to blame it on eggnog for the sure. whole episode. Now, now a few, uh, going back to the Jim Henson stuff, a few that I wanted to mention, there is uh, Jim Henson's A Christmas Toy, which I, I don't have very good memories of. Uh, I feel like that one, what I do remember, I feel like it, was, it wasn't it was what I typically expected from a Jim Henson thing other than it having puppets. Um, 
it it just didn't have the same feel that a Jim Henson thing normally would have. Um, it did come out in the '80s and everything else, but uh, it just it never resonated with me very well. Um, now the ones that did resonate with me, of course, there was the John Denver and the Muppets uh, Rocky Mountain Holiday, which if you don't own the CD for that, I feel like everyone does or should because <laughs> <laughs> the Muppets singing the 12 Days of Christmas with John Denver is just absolutely fantastic. <laughs> uh, especially when you get to, I don't know if it's the 10th day of Christmas or the 11th day, but Beaker sings that one and obviously you understand absolutely nothing that he says. <laughs> it just comes out, me, 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 me. And that's it. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, and they also do uh, uh, Rocking Around the Christmas Tree, and it's just, it's fantastic. So, it's a great CD to own. Um, and then uh, there's obviously the uh, Muppet Family Christmas, which is the other one I wanted to mention because this is the one uh, where I believe, I could be wrong, but it, it's I believe it's the last time Jim Henson was on camera. Um hmm. He appears at the very end of the special, and it's him and Sprocket um, doing the dishes after dinner. And he's like, "Yeah, I like it when they get, all get together and sing too, or all the all y'all get together too." And this special has um, the Muppets, it has the Sesame Street gang, it has the Fraggle Rock gang, it has all the Jim Henson characters brought together. Um, and the only thing I'm disappointed with it is again this is a licensing thing is when you get the dvd of it or even the vhs or anything like that there are parts that are cut out they only aired the full special on tv the full special had to be cut some of it had to be cut out because they didn't own the rights to the songs that were being sung to air, to release on on video so there's a song like there's where fozzy built a snowman and then him and the snowman tell jokes with each other. And then there's a whole song that they sing together. Um, there's also the Muppet Babies appear for the first time as puppets on the holiday special. But they can't show that because, again, they're singing a song that they don't have the rights to sing. Uh, or at least to re reproduce on a video. So you can find these things on YouTube, but they're just not in the original video, or they're not in the video that was released to the mass meet, mass market. So um, I would love nothing better than to have, you know, it, for them to be able to release it with everything. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 still really cool. Like I have the DVD of it, and it's a lot of fun to see all these characters coming together. Because basically, the gist of it is that. Fozzie's going with the gang up to visit and uh, his mom. His mom is going to head down to, I want to say, Bermuda or something like that. And she rents the place out, her home out to, uh, to uh, um, I'm totally blanking on his name right now, but it's the, the old man from Fraggle Rock and Sprocket. And, okay, yeah, yeah. And, uh, all of a sudden, Fozzie shows up, and the gang shows up, and they end up, you know, all staying. And then the Sesame Street gang shows up, and there's not enough room for everybody, but everyone makes do. 
and Fraggle Rock characters show up, and it's just is so much fun. Uh, it's classic Muppets. Uh, there's a running gag through the whole thing where everyone slips on the uh, as they're coming through the opening door because there's ice there. Um, I have a feeling what happened was that the, they probably had to have a reason to have the puppets go down and then come back up, so they just made them all slip. <laughs> um, the Swedish chef is in it, and he wants to cook a turkey. Uh, he mistakes Big Bird as the as a turkey, as the biggest turkey he's ever seen. Uh, so there's just like a, it's a lot of fun, and it's something great to watch with the family. So. Um, Think, and, and just to mention, uh, you know, the He-Man She-Ra Christmas special, we did do audio commentary on that uh, in the past, so look that up on the website and check that out. Uh, it's worth checking out because Chuck kept to conv- trying to convince me that it's such a fantastic special, and it was fun, but it's also a bit weird. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's I think that's all the ones I wrote down. I don't know if there's any other ones you wanted to mention, John. Like I said, it's uh, it's hard to remember, uh, and, and 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 again, eggnog. Just, we're gonna blame it all on eggnog. It, it's uh, it is you know they're always fun. It's it, like you said, it's nice to see uh, movies like an Elf that's not nearly as uh, got as much age as some of the other movies on it become classics. Uh, I, I don't are there, I don't believe there are any real. Uh, cartoon or TV special classics that have popped up or things that have been tagged as that. Uh, Grandma got ran over by a reindeer, I think. Oh, yeah. We haven't talked about that. Uh, that's really dreadful. Um, yeah. I know there's a, there's a uh, Fat Albert Christmas special that yes. I have somewhere on DVD. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, that's older than I want to admit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I... I uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's 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 all fun and and it again there are a lot of great memories and that it's funny you talk about the Henson one I do remember seeing that I, we may have that on DVD around here but I remember that as you the more you talked about it and having all the different uh, characters and yeah. you know properties you know the different uh, shows coming to, I I I did see that one and yeah. I, I do have vague vague recollection of that one yeah. and. Uh, well, and obviously, uh, yeah. with me being a big Muppets fan, that's one I watch every year, along, oh, with, sure, along sure. with the Muppets Christmas Carol and everything else. So, yeah. uh, those those are must watches for me and everything else. And Mickey's Christmas Carol, I absolutely love as well. I think that was done extremely well. I remember seeing that one in the movie theater, actually. So, um, but yeah, it's there's there's so many great Christmas specials, and that's kind of the fun thing about the holiday too is. I have not seen a whole lot of really bad ones because there's like even the bad ones they have some heart to them because there's usually some message or something about the holiday spirit that they're trying to convey in their special and I remember watching a lot of you know we we could do probably a whole episode on TV spe- TV uh, shows that had a Christmas special um, that could be oh, sure. a, that could possibly be next year we could do an 80s one on that. <laughs> So, well, you always think about uh, the Mary with Children, where it's kind of like screw the whole oh, yeah. thing, you know, or it's a Wonderful Life, you know, yep. it's electrocuted trying to fix the uh, doorbell. Yes, uh, <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. Or when Santa, or when the Santa that jumps out of the uh, uh, ju- jumps out <laughs> out of the airplane and the parachute doesn't open, and <laughs> yeah, and he gets and he dies in the backyard. Yes, oh my God, wow. 
we've never talked about that show on here. That that's no. a, that's definitely an '80s thing. Um, that is very yeah. '80s. Yeah, and that was such a classic show. Oh my god, I will. Every once in a while, I'll find it on TV and I'll, uh, reruns of it on TV, and I'll, I'll it's, watch it. It's on all the time on yeah. something. TBS used to show it. I swear, at least like six times a day. Yeah, and I would. I uh, yeah, but uh, I think they still yeah. show it. But I think they show it like way early in the morning or something like that. Uh, well, I would tend to be when I was getting ready for work. It would yeah. be you know early, like five yeah. thirty, six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. It's on. But uh, but I remember those. I remember those couple Christmas ones in particular. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, the the not so fun side of things, but yeah, they're again great memories and and uh, you know we always make new ones and, and especially like I said, the elves or the or the Wiggles Christmas for us. That's a <laughs> something that, yeah. you know ten. That's in the last five ten years that we really have made that part of the uh, the viewing. And uh, who knows, maybe maybe Rogue One will become. Uh, uh, standard <laughs> standard Christmas viewing after it comes out this year. We'll have to wait and see. You never know. Yeah. You never know. You never know. You never know. Um, so uh, a couple quick things before we kind of wrap it up. Uh, we did get a, a question from a listener. Um, uh, and to your point, John, like any if anyone out there, you know, watches you know certain shows all the time, or you remember something fondly or anything like that. Uh, please make put some comments uh, on the episode on on Facebook or Twitter uh, or email us or anything like that. Happy to read those in in future episodes and everything. Um, because yeah, there's there's ones that I know some people like. This is the one that they love watching that they know almost no one else watches. So um, so I'd love to hear any of those. Um, so we did get um, a message and then we also had an iTunes review. So I wanted to read both of those. Uh, Tom uh, Fontleroy uh, sent us a, a message through Facebook, uh, and he says, Do any of you guys get the complete IDW G.I. Joe hardcovers? He goes, They're great, but unless there's some reason I can't figure out, they've left out Special Missions number 9. It's not in Volume 7 or Volume 8, and unless the solicits and Amazon are wrong, it's not going to be in Volume 9 either. He says, maybe I'm missing a reason it would be included elsewhere, but I can't figure it out. Thought you guys might have some insight or know someone who would. Emails to IDW get no response. Thanks. Love the show. So first, thanks for loving the show. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I That one's got me stumped. So um, I'm not going to say much because, yeah, uh his comment that uh, emails to IDW go unreturned is not a shock whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, and speaking of that, in case somebody from that from that place is listening, and I'm trying to find the tweet, I was having a conversation with somebody about GI Joe lately, and the fact that with the new Revolution tied in GI Joe series, they keep saying GI Joe is back. Oh yeah. Um, I know two people personally that w- have been working on a book called G.I. Joe, Real American Hero, uh, combined, yeah, for like four years now. <laughs> right. Uh, so where did it ever go? Right. Um, it again, might be, it IDW. Might be, it might be back in the IDW continuity, but it's, yeah. Well, it the way. <laughs> it, it hasn't gone away. So I'm looking at a cover yeah. for Special Missions number nine. And just to see if it would spark any memory as to why it might be excluded, I can't see any reason why. Um, it's just there's just like a, a almost like a Harrier jet. Was that down. the last issue? 
or no, we're talking about the IDW collections, not the Mar of right. the Marvel. This is of this the, is this is the Marvel the, collection. Uh, oh, the Marvel, interesting. I, I'm assuming okay. that's what he means is the Marvel collection. I he, thought he meant the special missions, like their run with uh, the Chuck Dixon uh, Galacy one. Yeah, they didn't that run nine or ten issues. Yeah, but that one, uh, they're not. I don't think they're far enough in the volumes yet for that one. Oh. Um, like, Interesting. Well, huh. yeah, because the one he's referring to, seven and eight, are on my bookshelf. I what I will do is be, uh, be, I meant to do it before we started recording. Is I will go to those volumes. I'm sure he has the volumes, so he knows what he's talking about. But I'll go to those volumes and see if they're in there. I will try to research this to find out maybe why they're not there. I don't. I mean, there's no one for me to reach reach out to to find out. But I mean, there's a couple people I I know I can reach out to, but uh, to see if they know why. But I can't like just looking at the cover. It's not sparking. It's, any it's effort, not like I mean. it's not like it has Transformers or Spider Man or something no. in it to where. Yeah, no. The only, it, the only thing I see is it, it looks like there's a maybe an Arab type guy on the cover that's about to shoot a bazooka at the thing, and I don't know if maybe they left it out because that might be sensitive. I don't know. That's my first guess just from looking at the cover, but the cover wasn't enough to spark any memory for me as to. As to anything, so I will definitely do some research, and hopefully the next episode that we record, I'll have an answer, or I'll just be like, I could not find a damn thing to explain why. So <laughs> it's it's going to be one or the other, but uh, but it's, I think it's an excellent question. I wish I would have had more uh, had done a little bit more research before recording this episode, but John, I didn't know if you would just know what that episode or that issue was even about, but it is about uh, again, I, I not even, I'm so confused because I was thinking it was the IDW run anyway. I didn't think anything about Marvel. So yeah, it's, it's definitely no, the Marvel run because uh, the IDW run is only up to volume six of the hardcovers. Uh, and the, I, and the Marvel run is up to volume eight, which is what he was referring gotcha. to. So, okay. Yeah. So good so, question. Yeah. We'll hopefully yeah. find something out for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then uh, we did get an iTunes review, so I, I wanted to close on a, a very nice positive note. Uh, and this was one that came out in May, so I apologize. I, I asked John before we recorded, I was like, did I read this one before? And you didn't remember me reading this one either. So uh, so I, I apologize who left it, but I greatly appreciate it. Um, so it was uh, left by Severed, Severed John. Uh, so he... It, the title was Great Talk About the 80s Comics and More. And his feedback was, I t and it was five stars, which is awesome. We've had nothing but five stars, so I thank everyone that's left us reviews. You don't have to leave us five stars. We'd appreciate it if you do, but, you know, we want it, We want to hear the reviews. So um, we got, uh, he put, I tune in whenever a new episode is posted, whether they're talking about comics, the best movies of the 80s, or other topics. The show is entertaining and informative. Kudos for getting Joe Artis as host to keep up the good work, gang. So I thought that was very cool. That's uh, great. Un unfortunately, we Thank didn't you. we didn't have the hosts the 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 artist hosts on with us this time, but hopefully next time. Um, I know Robert said he did have internet problems. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> so, um, but. Uh, as far as 2017, John, I know we won't have a chance to really, we probably won't have a chance to record again until 2017. Uh, there'll be another, ep I don't want listeners to panic, there will be another episode of Star Joe's before 2017, but I know we probably won't be able to get together to record. 
uh, again. Is there anything that you're hoping we'll do in 2017? I know we've talked about a few ideas, but well, I know we have. Uh, I know we'll have a, a guest, uh, hopefully very soon, in Brian Smitty Smith, yep. who uh, is is going to be a a wealth of 80s knowledge and is uh, a good a, a good dude and, and runs around with. Uh, previous guests Greg Shegel and Chris Russo and has worked on Mad Balls and Voltron and stuff of legend and so definitely want to get uh, Brian on board and, and talk a little bit uh, I had a conversation with Mr. Gallant offline about a declassified episode and he is open to that uh, he has asked for a guest uh, host to it to take part in that conversation <laughs> to, I guess, uh, make sure we keep it honest. But, uh, I think that would be a, a lot of fun yes. and I'm, I'm sure there, the, I'm sure the, uh, <laughs> I'm sure the listeners have some questions that, uh, oh, yeah. we probably have no clue what they might even be, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I'm, I'm really looking forward to looking forward to 2017. Uh, a lot of good things to come. And, yeah. uh, what about you? Anything in particular, uh, so, uh, so I know that I still want to do uh, the writers episode, our top favorite writers, and and that'll probably be an episode where you know whoever wants to be on that one, uh, you know, is welcome to, to be on it because uh, I know with Robert and Shannon they they were happy to talk about the artist ones, but the writers ones were a little bit tougher for them. Uh, so we'll we'll kind of see. Maybe we'll have some guest uh, hosts on for that one. Um, I have already been in talks with uh, Brandon Easton, uh, who is currently doing the Mask uh, comic for IDW, and he is a, a writer and artist, and does some has been doing some amazing work with Mask. I have actually really, really enjoyed that title. Uh, again, I think I mentioned it once before. If you like Mask and were a little nervous about IDW releasing a, a Mask comic book, don't be nervous. Go pick it up. You will be very pleasantly happy with it. Um, and uh, so he he actually saw I think I mentioned on the show he actually saw my re- YouTube review of it and of the revolution issue of Mask and he really enjoyed it thought it was very fair and was uh, has kept me in the loop as to things that have been going on through Twitter uh, of things uh, of the upcoming issues and I said to him uh, he posted about being on a podcast recently and I said well we'd love to have you on he said shoot me some days and times and we'll make that work so I'm excited to get him on here um, and then also speaking of declassifieds uh, I have not had a declassified yet so I'm sure in 2017 we'll make that happen um, for that one I so here's we might do a combination uh, of a declassified for me but also um, Robert and I have talked for a long time about having our sisters on Right. Uh, so I think we're going to have to make that happen in 2017 of getting Elaine and my sister Heather on with at least Robert and myself. Uh, and, pro- and I'm sure you and Shannon will probably want to be on that episode. So, <laughs> um, so I think that'll be that could be fun. And then the last thing I wanted to mention, it's something that I mentioned to you, John, and uh, once before, and I think it could be a lot of fun. Uh, obviously, we're going to continue the movie episodes. We're we're halfway through them right now, uh, so probably 2017 we'll probably finish them. So I wanted to uh, think of something else we could do, and a coworker of mine named Chris uh, 
came up with, I was talking to him about that, and he mentioned about how there's a website uh, where you can see the like the old wish books from like Sears and everything else for every year that was out there. And I thought it would be really fun to go through those wish books like from 1980 up to 1989 and look at the toys that were coming out those years and talk about you know any memories we have of them. Um, any information you know that uh, about them and, and stuff like that, and I think that could be a lot of fun because we can give the website out in those episodes so that people can follow page by page with what we're looking at and what we're doing and everything else. Uh, I think that could be a lot of fun. Obviously, we're going to continue doing the animated episodes as well. So there's just a lot of stuff going on. Uh, the YouTube channel is going to continue with comic reviews. I have a couple th- special things in mind for the YouTube channel. And uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, some things that I think will definitely bring in some more viewers and everything with that. Um, it's going to be a really good year for 2017. Obviously, we have the 200th episode looming over our heads, so I think that'll be a blast. So, again, the total plan for that is for Baltimore Con to be our 200th episode, trying to make that as special as possible. And so if if you have any ability at all to come to Baltimore Con in 2017, please do so. We would love to have you there and and make it a, an absolute amazing ba- uh, blast of a, a trip and a convention and everything else. So uh, if you've never been to a convention before, come out there. We'll take care of you. If you've been to conventions before, try to make uh, Baltimore Con uh, in 2017, the the one that you absolutely have to go to, because um, it, it would be so amazing to see even more people than what we normally see there. I think that's everything. <laughs> well, I think that's enough. Well, if not, you know we'll cover it soon. <laughs> right, exactly. So, all right, uh, John, how can they find you? Sure, you can find me on Facebook, John Thurmond. Uh, find me on Twitter, John underscore Thurmond. That's J O N. And always. Uh, Check out uh, vacomiccon.com. Again, no uh, no date yet for 2017, but I'm sure we will uh, have that uh, sooner than later. And always excited to uh, to see who we can get uh, in the mix to attend our show. Cool. All right. Uh, well, you can find us at starjoes.com. You can uh, follow us on Twitter. It's at Starjoes Podcast. You can uh, follow us on Instagram. That's where I post uh, comic reviews of everything that I'm reading, when I'm reading it. Um, And uh, that's really been growing quite a bit, which has been awesome. Uh, And uh, you can also uh, join us on Facebook. There's a fan page that you can like. There's a group page that you can join. The second that I see you request to join the group page, I will approve it. Uh, And uh, that's been growing. Uh, a lot lately and uh, you can email the show at starjoespodcast at gmail.com uh, you can also leave a voicemail it's 440-941-JOES 440-941-J-O-E-S uh, we have merchandise for sale Starjoes t-shirts, sweatshirts and uh, coffee mugs so you can get your Starjoes merchandise out there uh, and wear it proudly. And uh, John, you can attest to this. When you wear the Star Joe's T-shirts, people immediately, uh, a lot of them will ask you what it is and that they really like it. It's a really cool design. So, 
Um, Someone made me ask if you're talking about Star Jones, but uh, <laughs> that's another story for another day. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, any uh, please uh, contact us any way that works best for you, and we're happy to cover it on the show. Again, leave us an iTunes review. Uh, the reason I, that one was so late in uh, being mentioned on the show is because we don't get a lot of them lately. So uh, if we're getting more and more of them, I will check it more often, and I will I will definitely read them more often on the show. So I'd, I'd really appreciate that. Um, but uh, with I think that's pretty much everything. Uh, we're on Stitcher Radio. We're on the Podbean app. Uh, just There's so many different ways to find the show. Uh, we try to make it as accessible as possible for everyone. So, uh, w- but, uh, I think that's everything. And like you said, John, if we didn't cover it this time, we'll get it next time. So with that, we'll go ahead and close the episode by saying the force will be with you because knowing us is half the battle. All right. Take care, everyone.